welcome to Ghostly. As always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And since we recorded our last episode, we got some really exciting news. Yes. Ghostly has been invited to be the headliners at the Southside Podfest on November 6th. Woohoo. Yeah. Uh, this is on the South Side of Chicago. And who said you can't go home? I, I didn't. No, I didn't either. I, bon Jovi said it. Oh. Yeah, Bon Jovi okay. said you can't can't go home. I see. But I am. Oh, because you're from the South Side? Yeah, I'm from ah, the South Side. You right. can't tell by the way I talk? Wait, say that date again. 66th? No, uh, November 6th. November 6th? Th- November 6th, th- podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All of that. So we are going to be there. It's going to be Ghostly's second live event. It's very exciting. Yeah. So it's at the, do you want to tell them where it's at? Yeah, it's at Lawler's on Archer Avenue. For mm. those that know the South Side, all of you people that are not from Chicago are like, okay, what's that? <laughs> it's a bar. It's a bar. But Archer Avenue, man, come on. Yeah, Archer Avenue is one of the most haunted spots in all of the world. If you haven't listened to our very first episode, the Resurrection Mary episode, yeah. you need to go listen. Yeah. Also, right before we hit the stage, is that even a thing for podcasters? I hit mean, the stage? it's live, so okay. But it's not really a stage, though, per se. Tables. Square of space. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe I should say before we hit the mics, although... Please don't hit the mic again, Rebecca. That's what I like to do. <laughs> uh, our good friends Bob After Dark will make their first solo live recording ever. Whoa! Yeah, we're very excited for them. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an event. We I'm gonna actually announce what we're gonna be talking about right now. <gasps> you are? I thought we were gonna wait. No. Oh. I wanna. I want people to know. Okay. We're gonna be it. talking about John Wayne. Gacy, not just John Wayne. Uh, No, that would, (laughs) I mean, it'd be a very different kind of episode. (laughs) It would be, it would be. And November is going to be our clown theme. Yes. We're not going to always do themes. It just so happened that. (laughs) We've got got a couple months here. Yeah, i got a couple of clown ideas and I want to really do these. Yeah. So today we continue our exploration of exorcisms. Are they real? Yeah. Now, today is going to be a little bit more closer, I guess, to a a traditional episode, or I guess kind of not, though. No, it's not. Yeah. But that's okay. It's going to be a really good episode. I'm really excited. I have to admit, I'm really starting to question my skepticism a little bit here. Uh, it's, It's really hard for me not to. But then if you ask me if I believe in demons, I'd say no. So I'm really torn on this whole concept of exorcisms and i asked rebecca for uh, a couple of episodes before we do our big debate yeah so we will debate yeah we will eventually yeah um but we're going to save that for our last episode of october so that gives you something to look forward to yeah so we're going to more be focusing on just kind of getting you the information getting ourselves information and just kind of exploring yeah yeah. So right now, my mind's a little scattered. I'm a little shaken up 
but we must continue this and see it through to the end, right? Yeah. I mean, and if I'm going to be honest, I am feeling a little scattered too. I went into this feeling pretty sure I believed, but now, especially after this case we're going to talk about today, I'm honestly not as sure. Really? Yeah. In the end, I have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. So Hmm. I'm hoping that our next few weeks are going to help. I'm hoping too. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. We're kind of changing positions here. This is not a planned thing. I think it's more that we're meeting in the middle and then we're going to see where we go. We'll find out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So should we just get into the listener's mail? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get this episode going. Right? All right. So we need to continue with our listener story from last week. Yes. Yes. Our last episode. So we had um, Anne Lise. Um, or Anne Lee, I'm not sure. Um, but she was last week she told us her mother's story. Yes. And this week we're gonna hear her story. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Okay. So she's uh if you remember her mother was in lived in Estonia, that's where she grew up. Yes. So she said nothing really supernatural happened when she was in Estonia. Uh, and she said, I always thought Uh, That would be so cool. (laughs) So she moved to the States almost 10 years ago. Her husband is in the military and we got stationed in Fort Sill, Oklahoma. It's famous uh, about that cliff where Geronimo jumped off. Oh, yeah. So if you've heard that before. Geronimo. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, We heard ghost stories about how people have seen somebody jump off from there over and over again, screaming, stuff like this. One day... Me and my husband, we decided to go over there, take some pictures, and maybe catch a ghost on the picture. Pictures turned out nice, but unfortunately, we didn't catch anything weird on the pictures, but it didn't stop us. We went to Geronimo's grave. We took pictures over there, and after that, we went to Ambrosia Spring, mm. where one major's wife hanged herself years ago. Oh, it sounds lovely. Once again, I took pictures, and it was pretty dark when we finally started to drive back home. While we were driving... Uh, I took a few pictures from the car window. It was a clear, starry night. When we started to look at them closer, we Uh, made a shocking discovery. Orbs. Uh, (laughs) So the first two pictures are made within a a few minutes of each other. You can clearly see what looks like an orb on the second Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Uh, What it is, we don't know. Um, We were brave enough to go back there on the second day. um, And really on the spot, there was only grass and bushes it, they, they couldn't see what could have caused an orb, basically, is what it sounds like. So it really the scared sun, them. Dust. No, no, it was at night. Okay. Stars, moon, <laughs> camera. Hey, I thought we weren't debating listener stories. Oh, we're not. No, we're not. Uh-huh. We're not uh-huh. debating the listener stories. <laughs> I right. was just answering a question. Oh, you know, I, I see. Like, I see. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was directed at me. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it went even creepier when we started to look at pictures while we were driving back, and you can see that weird fog on them. Once again, it was clear evening. It was enough ghost hunting for us. Maybe you can find a good explanation what was going on because we couldn't. Anyway, a month later, we moved to another house in Fort Sill, and the strangest thing started to happen. We heard clear... I'm guessing she, they could hear clearly footsteps coming uh, up from upstairs many times. It was just me and my husband and our 10-month-old baby living there. Doors o- were opening by themselves. You could say it's just a breeze, what's opening them, but or that's opening them. But it was the middle of winter, and all the windows were locked. Once, uh, when I went upstairs to see what my daughter was doing, so I saw her little ch- uh, swinging chair swinging by itself her little swinging chair swinging yeah you know oh. you, they're so babies yeah, they yeah. have those little chairs the wind up ones yeah, yeah 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 and then they swing 
Yeah. She was sleeping in her crib and there was no one else in the house. Now, that sounds like a horror movie to me. Like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in a horror movie. You go up, you go into your kid's room and their toy is playing by itself, like a wind up toy playing by itself and your kid's sleeping. That's terrifying. Hmm. Now we are stationed in Fort Riley, Kansas and unexplainable things are going on again. I'm not lying because I have no reason for it. I think she's a little defensive. Okay. I didn't say you were. I'm sorry. First, when we moved, we were eating dinner downstairs and we all heard running footsteps upstairs. My husband went to check and of course there's no one there. Once when I was coming downstairs, I saw a, a big shadow rising behind me. I turned around and nothing. My kids and husband were downstairs. I was in the bathroom. I heard knocking on the door. I opened it and once again, no one. One night, I fell asleep on the couch, and suddenly my seven-year-old, man, this has been going on for a while, woke me up and asked, Mommy, what's that? We both heard footsteps coming downstairs, and then they just stopped. Another time, I was in the kitchen and uh, heard footsteps coming downstairs. I jumped around the corner, and the stairs were empty. One evening, when I got my kids to sleep, and I went to the bedroom, uh, closed the door, the light in the closet turned on. (laughs) My husband and I both saw it. A few weeks after that, I was home alone with my youngest one when the hallway light went on right behind me. On that day, I just grabbed my daughter and I waited outside for my husband to arrive. Pretty sure I would do that. Yeah, I would have done that. Many times we've seen a shadow under the door like someone is behind it. One evening when our neighbors next door came by and we started talking about what we were experiencing, it turns out they had the same thing going on in their house. Shadows and footsteps. And uh, same time we were talking, some books <laughs> fell out from the closet. Sorry, it's been a while since I had read this one again. Uh, and one other thing is how kids' toys are now starting to sing in the middle of the night. You would think maybe batteries are almost empty, but they can't all be empty at the same time, right? I talked to this about I talked about this with my coworker, and he said how they used to ma- uh, have ghost tours back in the day, right where I'm living. He is retired from the military now, but he used to also live in Fort Riley, and he knows everything about this place. So obviously, there is something going on in maybe, Fort Riley and Fort Sill. Maybe she needs an exorcism. She, I actually think she might need some sort of cleansing at cleansing. her house. Oh, that would okay. be my recommendation. Again, we are not professionals, though. So I would not necessarily just follow my advice on that. But anyway, so she said, these are my ghost stories. I am a true believer because there's just so much going on that I can't explain. Mm. I mean, seriously, it's like a horror movie. She's got so much going on. That's, or, yeah. or like one of those ghost shows, you know, where they talk to the people whose houses are haunted. It's classic. Like haunting. your favorite ghost adventures? Yeah, it's okay. What? It's Okay. Uh, they are our new sponsors, actually. <laughs> I like <laughs> no, the haunt. The haunted is one of my favorite ones. Um, I don't care if I think we talked about this once, but my one friend thought that it was, and I thought this too, actually, that because it's on Animal Planet, we thought it was called the Hunted, and we're like, why is there a show called the Hunted on Animal Planet? Uh, but no, it's called the Haunting, and it's great because it talks about how pets can sense things. 
but it's they actually do a really good job of the recreations on that one. Okay. All right. Anyway, so uh, well, we can just you. keep on talking about that all day. No, no, because no. Because we don't need to read the poll results from the built. Oh no, no, we are definitely going to do the uh, poll I, results. I'm good without. Listen, I just wanted to give a quick thank you. Yes. Again, to our listener, she she shared so much with us. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And and that was pretty brave. I mean, she's obviously experiencing quite a bit. Yes. And uh, I can understand why she's a believer. Okay. Um, all right. So again, if you want your ghost story, you're like, I've had stuff happen to me. Please email. I've been emailing all the time and you never return my emails. Yeah. Because you keep writing about how I saw an orb. That wasn't an orb. And then. Well, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can send them to info at ghostlypodcast.com. I'm writing that down. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's know. No, we are talking about the poll results. Uh, we we could just skip it for the Biltmore. Nope, I mean, nope, nope. Got to do it. Got to do it. The best uh, results yet. 78% uh, said yes. That it wasn't haunted. That it was haunted. That it is haunted. Not was even. Is haunted. Uh, and 22% said no. See, I think that the results are a little bit skewed on this because uh-huh. you had Snoop Dogg. I had two dogs. I had Snoop Dogg and Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby Dooby Doo. So having them on there, what about if someone's a Snoop Dogg fan versus a Scooby Doo fan? Which I don't know why you. I would have be. no idea why that would be. I assume Scooby was going to win. I I thought I was giving you an advantage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Listen, there is too much going on at that hotel. I'm sorry. It's just it's haunted. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so maybe we should just jump right into the history. All right, let's do it. Since I lost that that last one. Okay. So I know that the episode makes you think we're going to be talking more about the movie than we are the real story. But at the end of um, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, I saw this little part that, that told me that it was a true story. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, I, I don't know if I believe it's true. I believe that's left up to interpretation there, and I still haven't figured it out yet. But I got really curious about what this true story is. And it is inspired by this story. Uh, I can't say that it is exactly the same story, though. It's not exact, but there's... There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. They did a pretty good job, I think, of capturing a lot of the the essence of it. Okay, yeah. So in this episode, we're going to talk mostly about that story that influenced the exorcism of Emily Rose. But Rebecca's going to chime in with any differences or similarities to the movie. Yeah, and I will talk a little bit. There's there's a few things about the movie that I'll, I'll mention later on. Okay, so it was Anna Elizabeth... Mikkel? Mikkel? Uh, that's what German, I said, right? Yeah. Mikkel? Or she went by Annalise. Yes. So she was born on September 21st, 1952. Already that's not, that, that's not good with the movie. The movie was set in more modern times. It know? was. It was, yeah. She was born in West Germany to uh, Josef and Anna, and she had three sisters, I don't know how many she had in the movie. I think it was like five. There was there was a lot of kids. There's a lot of cats. A lot of cats. I, I gotta say, like, I loved the movie. The movie was really good, but one of the worst special effects is when the cat jumps on the priest and <laughs> bites him in the neck kind of thing. That was Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, anyways, so we're going to go over this detail by detail. Growing up, she was very religious and went to Mass at least twice a week. When she was 16, she suffered a severe convulsion and was then diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. After she graduated, she went on to attend the University of Würzburg. Did I say that right? Würzburg? I think so. But something wasn't right when she was there. She became very withdrawn and turned to even more religion. All right, so let me just for chime in a little bit with the movie stuff. So in the movie, we don't she before she goes to college, she's fine. Yeah, they don't mention that she had epilepsy when she was younger. Yes, they don't. None of that happened. Is she just goes to college and then starts experiencing things there? Yeah, and also too, I you know they. They kind of hint that she's religious, but they don't go into just how religious she is. Yeah, or the family either. Yeah. Yeah. They are deeply religious. Mm, oh, yeah. No, the, the real family was very uber religious. Yes. Yeah. So she had several seizures. Seizures. She had several seizures. That's hard to say. Yes. Say that 10 times fast. No, thank you. <laughs> um, but when she had her third seizure, she was in the psychiatric hospital. This was June of 1970. Wow. So already she's she's having a lot of problems. And this is when she was 18, which is when the movie was set, when she was 18. Yes. Uh, they prescribed her some anti-convulsion drugs. And the standard drug for epilepsy was, was Dilantin. That sounds familiar. But that is not the drug that they talk about in the movie. I'm no, guessing, again, time frame difference no actually dilantin still a, mm. a drug that they use for like epilepsy it's the number one drug for epilepsy okay yeah uh, these meds did nothing to fix the problem which is rare for epilepsy epilepsy usually they see some kind of turn when somebody gets on dilantin mm -hmm. so that's that's something big and it was at this time that she began to tell people that she saw devil faces which is something we see in the movie when they when she's walking around, she'll, she sees people's faces turn into devils. Oh yeah, and that's what the real Annalise claimed. Yeah, yeah, she was telling everyone. It mm -hmm. seemed uh, they waited a little while to see if the treatment would start working, but then eventually switched medications and prescribed her uh, Elipet, a medication that is used to treat psychosis, schizophrenia, disturbed behaviors, and delusions. So she was having all of those. Mm -hmm. Um. So that would seem like the best medication for her, right? Yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah, she's a very sick, sick girl. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. In 1973, she suffered from depression and also began to hallucinate during prayer. Mm -hmm. Another time when religion was a big influence on on her condition. Yes, I I'm noticing a pattern of this. It's it's almost like. She is so religious that she feels it to her core. I would say that's true. Yeah. Uh, she complained about hearing voices. The voices told her that she was damned and was going to rot in hell. Those are not good voices. No, definitely not. I hear some voices sometimes that tell me that I should stop and get ice cream. <laughs> or donuts. That's what that's what my voices tell me. Yeah, I ice cream ice cream's a big one for me. Yeah. Uh, donuts is also up there. But rotten in hell. In general. That my voices have never told no, me that. No, no, yeah. 
Nothing seemed to make her condition any better, and she started to grow increasingly frustrated after receiving medical treatment for five years. So, and I think this is where sometimes when I you hear that there's a real story behind this, or you're kind of thinking about this, you're thinking about this um, in terms of a child. Yeah. You know, we think of this as like, oh, this happens to little kids. I mean, there's some movies which, you mm-hmm. know, will talk about um where it's about children but you know she's an adult at this point i mean a young adult but i mean think about it you know she's in her early 20s i mean mid-20s almost but you know as things go on and so i think a lot of times it's that we're wondering you know why are people letting this happen it's like well she's an adult and so she's making some decisions about her her care and And she's she's getting frustrated with the doctors because they're giving her medication and it's not stopping things no no. I, it doesn't say that it didn't make anything better. It just didn't fix the problem. Yeah. In her mind, it wasn't what she was expecting or yeah. wanted. Yeah. So then she became intolerant of Christian sacred places and objects, mm. especially around crucifixes. And I think they, they show this a little bit in the movie. She goes into a church. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's definitely kind of has a bad reaction in the church. Yeah, it's when her boyfriend was there. Yeah. I'm assuming he was her boyfriend. Yes, was her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, While on vacation with a family friend, her escort told her that she was suffering from demonic possession because she couldn't walk by churches, hated crucifixes, and refused to drink the water of the Christian Holy Spirit. Which is like a healing water that has been associated with a guardian spirit or a Christian saint, or if the source was part of a ceremony or ritual centered on the on a particular well that had the same kind of stuff so, to it. So this was a spring, Christian Holly Spring, where like you could drink the water from it. It was. Not like holy water like you'd have at church. It was, but it could be any yeah, I said it wrong. Uh this could be any body of water. Oh, though, I gotcha. That, okay. That's associated wanna... with the saint. Yeah. So. No, it's just no, it's just confusing. I yeah, it's it not was something a, that we it was see around here. No, okay. no, it's more of a European thing. Gotcha. And more in the seventies kind of thing. Gotcha. Um so yeah, I you know, her her escort telling her that, yeah, obviously, um, you're suffering from dem- demonic possessions. Mm-hmm. That's just, man. Yeah. wonder what people thought of her that would hang around with her. Like, if they felt bad for her, or if they were just like, this chick is crazy. I mean, think about that. So you're like, let's go on a, let's go on a trip. Yeah. Like, help you kind of get over some of your... Oh, don't bring Annalise about- with. No, and then you she bring She sees this- devil faces. <laughs> but then it's like she starts like you you're like let's go visit this church and then she can't go or like it's yeah that'd be weird i think maybe she was becoming a vampire okay Uh, that's just my thing all right in in christian legend the water is often said to have been made to flow by the action of a saint okay when it comes to the christian holy spring or christian holy water Mm -hmm. it's not the same as holy water though okay it's something very, very special and very, very specific. Um, she would be interested in going to very old Christian shrines, but couldn't even get close to them. Wow. Like she took an interest in it because she was very spiritual, but she couldn't even get close to it. She would say that the soil burned her like fire. And she tried to walk around the shrine and approached it from the back, but failed. Wow. She had trouble looking at people praying or the image of Christ. 
She didn't even want to look at medals that had an image or a picture of a saint. And she would say that they sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. Wow. Like, I get migraines from looking at the sun, so I kind of agree with her on that. If it's <laughs> light is sparkling in my face too much, I'm not going to want to be around that either. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff, I mean, I love going to old Christian churches and stuff. I would say, I feel like the movie did not portray this part no. that much at all. I no. mean, there's like, you know, again, they show the devil faces, they show her contorting, you know, and, 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 acting like she's hurting but they don't really show her having aversions to a lot of christian things and, no yeah and as far as like the couture uh her body contorting like that yeah uh i only see reference to that in the autopsy okay that's the only time i see any kind of reference to it and it's assumed mm. it's not specifically stated that she did okay yeah um it, it has to do with injuries to her body and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we'll go over some of those. Um, but that was the only time ever it was specified. So when she got home from that vacation, her and her family, they had to sit down. And they decided that they were going to start to consult with several priests. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it was her family had always wanted her to and she was reluctant and she wanted to give the medical people a chance or if it was the other way around but they all decided all right we're going to we're going to do this so they were asking all these priests for some kind of exorcism they all declined they recommended getting medical treatment which she was already getting but they wanted her to seek out more they also expressed that the exorcism would need to be approved by the bishop uh, they must meet a very strict criteria in order to have an exorcism. Her dislike and pain associated with Christian shrines and relics were only part of the criteria. There's also something about having some kind of supernatural powers, too. Okay. okay. Yeah, and again, I think definitely different than the movie. Yes. In the movie, they invite a pr the, their local priest over, and he he's almost the one that says, you need spiritual treatment. Yeah, and I think that that priest in the movie is actually playing two different priests. Right. In the real story, there's two priests that end yeah. up uh, working with her. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so she started to worsen, even drinking her own urine yeah. and lashing out. And this is where in the movie she started to eat insects, which she did. Yeah. And other creepy crawly yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was probably really hungry, though, at that time, I'm thinking. Uh, I mean, she was starving herself a lot. She so. was, she was. But yeah, so again, the movie just showed actually really just part of what is claimed that Annalise did when she was in the state, as far as mm -hmm. eating, uh, you know, small creatures and, and different things. And then um, there's one part where she barked like a dog Yeah, under a table yes. for days or something. It's just very... Very odd. Yeah. So it was because the movie is different because it's kind of told from the end with flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I felt like the movie didn't represent how s the the severity severity of her um, condition condition. There you go. Possession, oppression, condition. Yeah, I don't know what we to don't call know it. What to so. call it. So in November of 1973, she started taking Tegretol which that might have been the one that they mentioned in the movie. I remember there being a G, so okay. Oh, okay. 
Um, she started taking Tegretol. It's an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. She was also prescribed an anti-psychotic drug, and she took these during some of the religious rites of exorcism. So the movie does kind of reflect that part, right? And they yes. were saying that the exorcism didn't work because of that. Right, and that, in fact, it made it worse. Yeah, because it left her more vulnerable. Yes. She started seeing things, demons, and they were throwing things at her. That would not be cool. Yeah, so this is what really led to now an exorcism coming. Mm. Um, I guess that that was the supernatural thing that the church needed to hear, is that she saw demons throwing things at her. There you go, I guess. I guess. When they met Father Ernest Alt, uh, he declared that she didn't look like she was suffering epilepsy, which is one of the main things that brought on like the court case, is that he made a medical decision at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he believed she was suffering from demonic possession, And Annalise wrote to Father Alt. She said, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And she once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. Mm. And of course it was in German. I mean, I don't imagine she did this in English. (laughs) So it's probably not an exact uh, interpretation of what she said. Yeah. So again, though, I just want to point out, Annalise herself is the one. I mean, her parents are there, and yes. I, I I know that they're influencing her in some way. I, I did read an interview with um, her mother, um, but it's it's also her as an adult, yeah, making these choices to reach out to these priests, yeah, yeah. So, um, Bishop Bishop Joseph Stengel, am I saying that right? Joseph Stengel. Joseph Stengel. <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. saying it in a German accent. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> granted Father Arnold Renz permission to the ritual, the rituale of Romana, Romanium. Romanum. Romanum, which is the Roman ritual of 1614, but wanted this kept a secret. Mm-hmm. He didn't well, want this getting out. In the movie, the the church is definitely wants yeah. to distance itself. But they wanted they wanted to distance themselves now that the now that the exorcism was done. This is something saying right away they were like, "We'll give you permission, but don't tell nobody <laughs> that you're going to be able to do that." It's <laughs> yeah, a little right. different. It is different. So the thing I was talking about, um, which is the it's the Roman ritual of 1614. Uh, that was actually the first official book of priestly rites, the Roman ritual of 1614 translated into English. It contains some text for exorcisms. There have been a few updates since then, but the bishop was referring specifically to this older version. That's interesting. I wonder I, why. I don't know why. Mm. Maybe he believed more in this version or that he... I I think that when the priests are actually interviewing them for the exorcism, that they try to figure out what demi- what what demon is possessing them. Okay, and they fine tune the ritual for that. Mm. So this was what they picked, and on September twenty fourth, nineteen seventy five, Anna begins to have the exorcisms. But it wasn't just one. I was going to say, you said exorcisms with an S. Yes, I did. Exorcisms. Is that a word? Exorcisms? Yeah. Or is the plural just exorcism? Exercise? No. <laughs> <laughs> no Let's ex- get physical. <laughs> physical. No, okay. no. I would say exorcisms is right. It's correct. Okay. So they performed 67 exorcisms in total. 
one or two per week, and lasting up to four hours at a time. That is a lot. That That's is a, a job. Lot. That that might be excessive. Yeah. Anna started talking about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day, an apostate priest of the modern church. Which would mean like fallen priests or yeah. ones that have given up on their faith. Yes. Yeah. So that it's, I mean, she was pretty much seeing the end mm-hmm. in sight. So she had these exorcisms for 10 months. And during this time, her family and, and Annalise decided to stop seeking medical help. So she stopped taking the Tegretol, stopped taking any of the other drugs she was taking. And she refused to eat towards the end. She died on July 1st, 1976. The autopsy report said that the cause of death was from malnutrition and dehydration because she wasn't eating. This is where it gets really dark. Yeah. She weighed 68 pounds. Mm. She had broken knees due to kneeling in prayer. She would genuflect over yeah. and over and over again and like tore her the ligaments in her knees and yep. just horrible. Yeah. And she could not move on her own without assistance. So uh, that's probably the reason why she, you know, lasted until she was 68 pounds. She would have probably, if she had to move on her own, she would have probably died before that. Sure. Um, she also may have had pneumonia at the time of her death. Okay. But that's kind of common that you don't die of the actual thing. Yeah. Well, so I think a lot of this is similar to the movie. There's a, there are some similarities as far as I, they, in the movie, the biggest difference is that they only did one exorcism. Yes. They just show you, at least they only show you one. Yeah. Um, but they don't really indicate that there's 67 or anything close to that. And they were four hours at a time. Once or twice a week. Right. But the whole stopping medical treatment, that's what was talked about in the movie, along with um, the malnutrition being and and dehydration being the cause of death. That was also something they talked about in the movie. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, Rebecca's going to talk about what happened after she died. Yes. See you in a second. Hey, Pat, fall is in the air. Ooh, yeah, it is. Yeah, and that means cooler weather, football, Football. and of course, shopping. Shopping? Yeah, back to school shopping, starting college shopping. I got a new job shopping, new season shopping. I just like shopping, shopping. Okay, okay, I get it. Change means time to get some new stuff. And I bet our listeners would like some ghostly gear. Oh, yeah. Great idea. What kind of gear are we talking about? I don't know. How about some ghostly t-shirts and sweatshirts? Yeah. And not just ones with the ghostly logo, because those those are really cool. But uh, how about also hashtag Team Believer to really show our team colors? Um, and hashtag Team Skeptic, of course. Mm. So we've got men's and women's styles and even kid and baby sizes. So cute. It is very cute. And I also added a phone case and a water bottle. Nice. (laughs) Where can our listeners get all this great ghostly gear? Mm, That's pretty easy. If you want to get ghostly gear, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise up at the top. Perfect. Go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on merchandise to get your great ghostly gear.
we're back. So, Rebecca, most of the movie focused on the court case. Yes. Is that something that really happened? It is. There was a court case. Um, It was uh, a little different than what was in the movie. Okay. Um, And I, I actually couldn't find a ton of specifics about what happened during the, you know, it's not like they had a, a clear record of the, the trial, but there are, are a few pieces of information that okay. are, are, are out there. But I'm actually going to, I'm going to get to that, but I'm going to start um, with a few things that I found. Um, just one more kind of similarity between the movie and her real story okay. that uh, I didn't see on most websites. Okay. So it's kind of, kind of like an extra thing that I found and, and then uh, we'll definitely go into the trial. Sure. The thing that I found is from a website called Diabolical Confusions. Mm. Mm. Uh, the entire case history of Annalise Mikel. Oh. So it, this is a super detailed website. She really goes into the case and everything. She now one of the things we didn't t- we didn't talk about in this episode, but uh, our friend David talked about in the previous episode, an interview with an exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about this movie and he mentioned that in the movie they play the real exorcism tapes. Yeah. So there are tapes of one of the exorcisms, at least one that they did of her. Um. So. If you really want to listen to them. Oh, so they weren't in the movie? Oh, no, they're... Well, I was confused by that because we watched the movie. Yeah. And it didn't... It was the actress's voice, It was right? the actress's voice and it sounded like in English for some voice. of... the yeah. Yeah, so I, maybe they mixed it in together yeah, with it or something. Maybe, yeah. But you really can listen to it. I, I okay. can't say that I recommend doing that, but there are links on this website, so... Did you listen to it? No. Oh, Okay. So I, how do you know that they're legit? I guess I don't. I mean, there hmm. are you can find them out on the internet. I guess it's up to the listener. Okay. All you know, right. people say that they're the real ones. So uh, anyway, so it turns out that like the movie, um, Annalise did have a boyfriend named Peter. And they didn't really say that he was like her boyfriend in the movie, but but he like took her back to her dorm room and slept in the same bed with her that one night. And he did tell the other, the lawyer that she made him feel when he had never felt before yes. or made him feel alive, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, in the real world or the real story, Annalise did have a boyfriend. They were, they were together. He stayed with her till the end, just like in the movie. Uh-huh. They uh, had plans to get married okay. and would have, had she been able to, had she either not gotten sick or if she had been able to get better. Okay. Um, so one day they, um, decided to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they went somewhere that was away from their home. So I'm guessing, I think Peter must have driven. Um, and at this point she really couldn't hold herself up very well. So she could not really walk unassisted. Okay. So Peter would have to hold her. But when they first arrived at this field, she got out of the car and just started walk to start to to start to walk, and all of a sudden she claims that the Mary uh, Mary Mother of God appeared to her. Oh, okay. And but Peter didn't see. No, Peter did not see her. Okay. Um, she starts to walk without Peter on her own. Wow. Which she had not been able to do. Um, Annalise claims that she and Mary begin to walk side by side. She said for quite some time. Again, I don't think Peter again, knew what was happening. He just saw her walking yeah. by herself. Um, during this walk, Mary said to her, 
my heart suffers so much because so many souls go to hell. It mm. is necessary to do penance for priests, for young people, and for your country. Would you like to do penance for these souls so that these people won't suffer in hell? Wow. And that is a scene in the movie. Again, there's no Peter in this scene. Mm-hmm. She's just at home. Um, but they do show this where she goes into a field and she collapses. Yeah. She sees this vision. Um, and Mary basically, you know, kind of says this to her. Um, Peter, again, claimed he couldn't see Mary, but he did see Annalise praying and then jump up and run unassisted, which is something wow. she had not been able to do. He brings her home and she's still strong. She's still back. She's like all of a sudden able to walk. Yeah. You know, act more normal. Um, she told her mother, Anna, all of these things. Um, and she told her that the mother, Mary, had said that she'd have three days of peace so she could make her choice. So just like in the movie, basically, she, Annalise believed that she had been given a choice to suffer and die so that people would see her suffering and believe that there were, you know, they could be saved, basically. That's a common thing in um, Christian Christian religion, is, is like, especially Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, I know John Paul II, um, he remained the Pope for such a long time because he didn't want people not to see him as the Pope, and he wanted them to realize that we all die at mm-hmm. some times and we all suffer and this is what it looks like mm-hmm. and it's okay. Right. And it's this martyrdom almost, you know, it's like kind you become of. a martyr. Um, and Cardinal George here in Chicago, you know, he sure. he did the same thing. Mm-hmm. He stayed the Cardinal until he couldn't, until he passed. Mm-hmm. So, but those at least they were good. They were older and dying yeah. of natural causes. Yes. This is something else. Yeah. yeah. So her her mother said she told her daughter not to accept this suffering, but that Annalise never hesitated. She was very religious. Uh-huh. Um, now, this was something that I definitely did not hear, or there was not in the movie. This article claims, and it has a lot of other sources of interviews of people that are exorcist, and it claims that often demons will tell either like reveal when they're going to leave or kind of tell you like, well, we're, we're here till this time, like a time frame, which I've never heard that, but okay. Hmm. So they said they were going to leave on or around the end of the year. Okay. (laughs) December 31st, 1975. (laughs) Okay. Sure. And then this is where the recordings happened is this exorcism that happened then right there around the end of the year. Remember she died in what, February or maybe it was September. July 1st. July 1st. So yeah. So this is like six months before she's going to die. So you can hear in the recordings that several of them are being forced to leave her by the Virgin Mary. Um, but in the end, several of the demons, remember she had like seven inside her, several yeah, say six. that- Six. Six, sorry. She had six. Like four of them were allowed to leave. One, two, three, four, five, six. Well, that was in the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Now you're scaring me. Okay. So then, um, uh, but there were a couple that like freak out because they're not, they can't leave. Like the priests are telling them to leave. It's part of the mm-hmm. exorcism. And they're saying, they, they're like, we can't leave. We can't leave. We're not being allowed to leave. Okay. Our friends left, our other four or whatever, and we can't leave. Um, and 
that the the priest believed this was because Annalise had chosen to suffer. And this made me think of what Vox told us, our, our David, our exorcism friend, um, that people that are possessed make a choice in some way. Yes. I mean, this is a bit more dramatic. There's no trickery involved. Like she's making this choice. You yeah. know what I mean? But it was just kind of interesting to me that made me, I don't know, I made a connection with that. I don't mm. know. Um, from that moment on until her death, she did not have peace. Um, this this article claimed that towards the end, they did call in a doctor who claimed along with the priests um, and her mother to see the stigmata, which again was part of that scene in yeah. the movie. I do have to, to say that, that that the stigmata in the movie was was incorrect. Mm. If Jesus died on the cross um, and was crucified, they would not have put nails through his um, through the palms of his hands. That's true. They would have put it through the wrist. Yes, because it would have. Yeah, the hands would have just slipped through, and it wouldn't have been able to support the body weight. Yeah. So he wouldn't have died in, in the way that he did. And the, 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 her mom claimed, and I read this actually in a different art, uh, article that I'll post a link to. It's an interview with her, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but she claims a lot of it was more on her legs that they saw this, what they thought were stigmata. Okay. I don't know. Anyways, so there you go. That's the story. I just thought that mm. was interesting because I hadn't seen that anywhere else. Um, but I'm guessing that the per- people who made the movie obviously had read that because they put it in. Yeah, definitely. So... Um, I wanted to just mention this because again, we're not debating yet, mm-hmm. but I feel like we want to get some of this information out there Okay, that a lot, uh, and this is, this kind of went with the trial mm-hmm. that, um, the movie, the exorcist came out in 1974 yeah, and she died in 75. Yeah. So there are absolutely people who claim that a lot of what she did was because she saw it in the movie. Okay. Um, a lot she was of the, also in Germany, which probably didn't get the films at exactly the same time because they needed to be translated. No, but they but they did but they did get it before she died though. Okay. I mean, like it was a popular movie in Germany. Like yeah. it was like you you know like it was out, but she started showing signs of possession. Yeah. Before that. Yeah, in seventy three. Yeah, so I just thought that was something to put out there. Um, okay, so a few other things about the trial. Again, I couldn't find a whole lot uh, about it, but um, just kind of to keep going with it. Uh, in the movie, we mentioned, right, that Tom Wilkinson's character is a combination of the two priests. Yes. Um, and I think, sorry, some of the stuff you were um, talking about. Um, after the investigation... The state prosecutor maintained that her death could have prevented, been prevented even one week before she died. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. If they had just even brought in a real doctor that was going to want to treat her or just like if they had taken her to a mental, um, inst- like a facility, I guess is what mm-hmm. they said, where she could have been force fed. But what would the quality of her, her life have been then if they had done that? Well, and again, this is where I go back to she was an adult. I mean, like, we don't like that someone is starving themselves or, you know, is is choosing religious treatment over medical treatment. And I understand for a child, I would be like, no, sorry, child doesn't get to choose. Like, we got to intervene. But 
I don't know. Do you do that for an adult? Yes. You know? Absolutely you do. And that is something that the court has the power to do here in the United States. That's true. Is that if you are going, if you could be at harm to yourself and or others, yeah, a judge can definitely sign something saying that, no, you have to seek medical treatment at Mm -hmm. this facility. Yeah. And you will be released by your doctor. So I guess the the charge then was was brought in 1976, and I'm guessing was based on that concept, that idea that the two priests and the parents were all four charged with negligent homicide. Okay. And that was, I'm guessing, because they didn't force her to go. They didn't get a court order yeah. forcing her to go get treatment. I don't know if it's the same in Germany. I don't know though. if it's, I mean, I'm sure it's slightly different, but conceptually, obviously, there's something there, yeah. right? Um, in the movie, again, only one the one priest is charged. The parents are not charged, um, okay. but they were in real life. Yes. Um, during the case... Um, her body was exhumed and tapes were played. I don't know if it was during the case. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I don't know if it was during the there, It was trial. exhumed twice. Oh, was it? Okay. So it was during the trial. And then I know her parents exhumed it again yes. later because someone had written them that just like the Italian bride, that her body had not decomposed. Which it did. Which it did. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Well, okay. So what they said in court the second time to exhume the body, the the first time was a court order. Yes. To exhume the body for evidence. For evidence, yes. The second time it was exhumed is because the parents um, said after the court case that she was buried in a hurry mm-hmm. and they didn't have time to give her a proper funeral and a proper casket. Yes. So they exhumed her body and... Also, there was thoughts that she could potentially become a saint. Yes. And in order for her to be a saint, one of the things that needs to happen is that the body doesn't doesn't decompose at a regular time. Yes. And this did. Yes. So she, I think that yeah. kind of was all of that. In fact, it was probably accelerated because of her low weight when mm, she died. I'm sure. Yeah. So they, they got the evidence from the body. The tapes were played in the court just as they were uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a um, the parents um, were defended by lawyers that were sponsored by the church. Mm-hmm. So the church, you know, just like in the movie, does pay for the legal yeah. defense, even if they were trying to kind of separate themselves. Um, the state- I mean, they should, though, because if you were going to court doing your job, mm-hmm. your your employer would have to then pay for your legal fees. I guess. But well, I admit that makes sense for the priests, but for the parents, too. The parents, no. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, basically, even from the beginning, the state was not asking for jail time. Yeah. Um, they wanted a fine for the priests and that the parents should be exempt from punishment because they had been they had suffered enough, which is actually kind of a German law that like a precedent which is you know if you lose your kid like that's punishment enough kind of a thing but anyways the trial started unless you did it well you know. i mean that's yeah, yeah. so it's kind of weird uh the trial started on march 30th uh, 1978 um it was obviously people were it was very popular you yeah. know people were really interested in it um so the doctors doctors testified that she was not possessed they said that it was a psychological effect of her being brought up in this religious background and kind of hearing about all these religious things mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but the doc, there was a doctor, again, just like in the movie, the priest brought in a doctor 
Yeah. So Richard Roth um, was a doctor that was brought in by Father Alt, and he basically said, no, there was no medical treatment that could have helped her. He said, quote, there's no injection against the devil. He says it hmm. on the, the tape, I guess. There's no inoculation against the devil, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Um, so the the process, or sorry, the defense argued that exorcism was legal and that German constitution protected citizens in the unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs, which I guess is kind of what I was saying earlier. Um, against they, they, the, the defense used the tapes as a way to prove um, that there were demons that she was possessed um, and that they they identified their names. Now, can I ask you something, though? Yeah. Was the was the priest that performed the exorcism, was he in jail? Because I thought that he wasn't in, even in jail. Not that I know of. I don't I did not see that he was in jail. Parents were, the parents I believe, were. during okay. the trial. Yes. Okay. And what happened to their five other kids or whatever or three other kids excuse I, me i don't know i okay. my guess by that point would be that they were also old enough to take care of themselves or at least one of them was yeah uh, yeah i don't know yeah. that i well again in the movie emily rose was the oldest but in fact i'm not oh no no that was true of annalise as well no she was i think the oldest yeah, yeah. okay um so they were found oh sorry the bishop by the way so we heard four people mm-hmm. being charged but the bishop who approved the exorcism mm basically testified or I don't know if he testified, but he basically said like, I didn't know she had this health condition. If I had known that I never would have approved the exorcism, Mm. but I'm pretty sure actually, no, sorry. He did not testify, but he said publicly that he did not know that she was sick. Well, he didn't know the extent of her illness. Yeah. Well, he knew that she was sick. I I think he was trying to cover himself. Yeah. I guess, but obviously he did know Um, they were found guilty of manslaughter. All four. Mm-hmm. of them um, resulting from negligence and they were sentenced to six months in jail which was later suspended and three years of probation wow um so in other words really um no one uh, the parents didn't have to serve anything other than the, the time they already served basically okay. um it was a far lighter sentence than people had anticipated mm-hmm. but it was more than than actually the prosecution had requested Oh, yeah. Um, they wanted no jail time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, the so what was interesting is that I believe um, that this actually kind of caused the church to re-look at their process mm-hmm. and their exorcism, especially because, like you said, they they did this very old ritual. Yes. And, and that there really wasn't a lot in... Even the the current the the newest ritual from like the 1600s or whatever it was or some of the newer ones about mental illness and so I think they kind of updated some of yeah. that after that, um, yeah it was it was just really sad you know yeah and there there haven't been as many exorcisms since then too yeah there was a there there was a lot prior to. Uh, Annalise. There was a big rash, especially during this time, again, yes. with the movie, the the exorcist being Most released. Most not resulting in death. No, no, yeah. exactly. Or necessarily prosecutions of people. But this was such a big case. I mean, it, I think priests kind of thought like, wow, I could go to jail. It's really difficult because if you have a a religious belief that you shouldn't do something... Who who is the I mean how can how can the state interfere with that? 
if that yeah. is your real religious belief. I mean, I think you have a freedom, uh, freedom of religion before anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, we in this country and yeah, in the United exactly, States, we yeah. do. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's, it's this idea of, but are you in your right mind? And if you, the idea would be like, if you're depressed, for example, you might want to, do something to harm yourself. Yeah. But if you get on the right medication and you get treatment, you will feel better and then you won't want to do that anymore. Okay. So if we can just treat you, then we could get you to a place where you won't want to do that anymore. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, I think it's not clear. Yeah. No, I, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Um, I just have one more little thing. Always one more thing. Always one you. more little thing. But I mentioned earlier that I was going to mention a creepy thing from the actual movie set. Okay. Yes. So, Here we go. The actress who played Emily Rose, Jennifer Carpenter, said, when we were shooting The Exorcism of Emily Rose, my stereo kept turning itself on in the middle of the night. It freaked me out. She shouldn't set an alarm then. (laughs) No, no. Mine does that every single morning. No alarm. Mm -mm. What? No. No. She said, it freaked me out because it started playing this one time. I remember her. She said this. It started playing Pearl Jam's Alive. Just the I'm still alive part over and over again. She said it stayed with her for a while. Wow. Well, it stayed with me for a while, too. Yeah. I mean, that song <laughs> still hasn't left me. Yeah, right. Um, and she actually, now, Laura Linney has never said this publicly, but Carpenter claims that she also told Jennifer Carpenter that she had a similar thing happen to her during the filming of the movie, of the radio turning wow. on randomly by itself. Yeah. So... Woo. Okay. <laughs> how you doing yeah, over there? I'm doing okay. I just, I don't know how I feel. I right? really am torn with this one. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm so fascinated by the topic itself that this is very difficult for me. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the movie, again, we've talked a lot about it. Well, we just spoiled the whole I know darn movie. we did a little bit. She but- dies. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But it's still a very, very good movie if you're interested um, in watching it. And what I like about it, though, is that it does not come at it from just one perspective. Yeah. It's like it is like a uh, like if you could combine Pat and I's like thought process, you know, so it's like that'll show the believer point of view and then it'll show it from the skeptic point of view. And in the end, there are no conclusions. You know, you get to make your own choice. Yeah. And um Movies don't don't always do that. Well, because there wasn't a penalty to pay on being found guilty. Right. I guess that's... The priest was found guilty yeah. in the movie, but time yeah. served. Time served, yeah. So he got to walk out of jail then. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if he still remained a priest after that. That character, I don't know if these if this guy remained a priest Oh, I'm sure that. they remained priests, but they probably... I mean, in the Catholic Church, typically, unfortunately, no matter how bad priests behave... They often just get taken to live somewhere that's maybe not interfacing with the public. Mm. But I they're see. still priests. Okay. <laughs> so I know we're not doing closing arguments, uh-huh. but I was wondering if we could do closing questions. I mean, we've kind of been doing that a little bit, but is there I just is there any final questions or concerns, thoughts that we have? We want to make sure, sure that we kind of put out in the in the the world that we're going to think yeah, about. Yeah, we could do that. Um, you know, one of my one of my big ones is how am I struggling with this when 
see, I'm struggling at it when I look at it from a higher angle. When I'm looking at it from, is this idea of 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 an exorcism real? That is like, wow, I don't know. But the whole idea of demons, I don't believe in them. So how can I? So if I come at it from a different angle, I I could easily be like, well, no, that's obviously not true. It makes sense because you need A and B in order to get C. And I don't have it. Mm. But C is still an option for me for some <laughs> reason. Yeah. How is that? Why right. Why are we so fascinated with this concept? Right. Why am I at least? I, again, that was my last question last week. I just, it's, yeah, why are we so fascinated with this? And then for me, where it comes from, I obviously do have a belief in, you know, I don't know if I call them demons and angels, but maybe, but certainly otherworldly creatures, you know, like that spirits. have spirits that have a malicious intent. Um, and maybe I have it's to tell all just you, orbs. <laughs> Well, when I, I don't, at a core though, I do have a belief, you know, I believe in, in, in those things. Yes. And so there is that. But then I also am a firm believer in mental illness. Yeah. I mean, that is a real thing. I do think, you know, people suffer. There are chemical imbalances. There are things that happen. Um, just trauma. Phys- not only is trauma a mental thing, it is a physical thing that yeah. changes your brain. We talked about that in our Walking Dead episode for anyone who wants to check out our Walking Dead podcast. Yeah, which you <laughs> could find just by doing a search on any podcast player for Walking Dead podcast, D-V-M-P-E. Yes. D-V-M-P-E. Yes. Thank you. Sorry, I just wanted to get that plug in there. All right. But uh, no, I, I know. I, I, it just, it, so it is a physical thing and so there's a part of me that's like no like it's just someone suffering from mental illness like that's a real thing that happens and of course there's people that you know suffer but 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 you know then I see they spoke a language they don't know they physically did things they could never do like it's witnessed by several people like how you know so it's mm. It's hard, mm. man. I don't know. Lots of good questions. Well, I'm glad that we're waiting until the last episode to do a formal debate for this because I really I really need more time. I need more mm-hmm. stories. And the next story we're going to be talking about is the real story behind The Exorcist. Yes. So there's the movie, which is great and scary, but there is a real story that they actually have less of the facts straight than they do with this one. Yes. I mean, so again, sort of similar to this episode where we're kind of talking about the movie, but really we're more talking about the story behind the The movie. The actual story, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is um, quite terrifying. Yeah. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. Please hit the subscribe button wherever you find podcasts so you don't miss out on the new episodes. You got it. We're also on YouTube, too. You can go to youtube.com slash ghostly podcast, and you could listen to our episodes there, although typically we are one episode behind on the YouTube channel because it takes extra time to make those episodes. Uh, But they're the same exact thing you would hear here. Mm -hmm. So... Do you have anything else to add before we sign off here? No, just that this was this was very interesting. It and, was. Uh, I get. Oh, uh, I guess that we probably won't be doing polls yet. Yes. Um, 
with that'll this probably one. be an overall thing I'm yeah. Thinking. yeah 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 with our we've got another couple weeks here yeah and this way we could be more current on the polls usually yeah. <laughs> we have polls in every single episode but we had to skip last episode because we have to give you guys time to vote yeah right i mean if we would have went with our initial vote i would have clearly won uh no you were never winning Huh? You were never winning on this one. They've stayed pretty much the same the whole time. In fact, I think it just went a little bit more believer that as time went on, but it was always. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyways, I want to thank you guys again. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you check out the show notes for pictures, links, Ooh. all those other things. And if your podcast player does not have show notes, you could easily go to ghostlypodcast.com, our website, and click on the Episodes button. There you will find detailed show notes for yeah. every single episode. Absolutely. And uh, and I just want to say I hope everyone is enjoying the season, the best yes. season of the year. It's the, the Halloween. most ghostliest time of the year. Yes. <laughs> so until next week, stay ghostly. Bye.